Madison's Alternative, 1067 The Resistance. This week on the Disruptor Series, I'm joined by VHS Collection. Hello. Hi. Good to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have all three of you joining us, Connor, James, and Mills. Three friends who grew up together. What came first, the friendship or the band? The friendship came first. So I knew James growing up in New York. We went to the same middle school. Um, It's one year above James, but we always knew each other just from early days from from when we both started kind of messing around with music. James and Mills went to high school together. It was a bunch of years later when we all, the three of us kind of came together and started working on this project. If the friendship came first, was it important that somebody figure out how to play guitar? Well, we all played guitar. We were all kind of into music, you know, and, and we all kind of, so James and I didn't really play that much music together when we first knew each other, but then we had, as years went on, we started to have like random jam sessions, playing the acoustic guitar. And, and then James and Nils had a band together. We were called the Curfew Refugees. Uh, we had a band in high school and we were both guitar players in that band. And James had written all these great songs on acoustic guitar. And so when we first started the band in New York, uh, we took a lot of those early songs that were written on acoustic and electrified them and added synths. And um, I, I moved over and became the keys player. And we kind of developed a, a, an electronic, dancey sound kind of quickly off the bat and uh, went from there. Your music has been described everywhere from indie to pop rock to synth to electro. Do you guys have any specific genre you narrow it down to? Do you have a name for it? I think we were we were calling ourselves like what synth rock for a little while. You know, we started playing as a band first. So we didn't start with the computer. The computer came second after we were like already playing gigs and whatnot. You know, it's like acoustic guitar to, to band, to very like bad band. Then it was like, okay, let's figure out our sound. And uh, initially we were really into, you know, a lot of the New York kind of synthy. Uh, we, we didn't like the word synth pop, but we kind of like synth rock a little bit more. But uh, we were really into like LCD sound system and hot chip and St. Lucia, who we, we now we play with those guys in our band. So we were kind of into those those sorts of artists initially. And then, you know, as the years went on, we we added all sorts of other influences, you know, and they, they kind of change every every album or every time we do recordings. We like to keep one foot firmly in, in rock. We think like the killers are are probably like, you know, the band we bring up the most in terms of like the rock side of us that we would like to be as, as we'd like to be as cool as them one day. And then, you know, we also like you know, Daft Punk and those sorts of artists a lot as well. So there's always this balance for us of live band and electronic and and kind of synth and guitar. And, you know, we try to play as many things as we can on the records, but do a lot of programming and stuff too. So And your second full length album, Night Drive, just came out. How has the response been for that? Well, we're about to find out, to be honest, because uh, we're about to go out on tour for the first time in, in three years. But we feel we feel really good about it. It's fun when you get a whole new batch of songs to play live because I, I feel like the set just gets stronger and stronger with every album because you kind of we weed away some of the songs that were maybe not quite working on the last tour and then you got plenty of songs to replace them with. But the new songs have been really fun to play live. I think they're going to go over really well. And we kind of had a nice range of tunes, I think, on this album, like a, a nice range of, of different moods. And we wanted it to be more cohesive, I think, than our previous work. Um, and we wanted to like really focus on our sound. And I think we feel like we did that. And, yeah, we're excited to go out and play. 
think and it happens with every new EP, every new album that you guys can really tune into yourselves a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you always, you're always reacting to like what you did on the previous record a bit. And I think it's becoming easier for us to just lean into our, our own sound and know like what it is that we do and, and what that sound is, you know, whereas at first, when you're first kind of figuring out recording, like you can be a little bit more all over the map. You're like, I don't know, like, should we be more like this, like that? So now you can kind of like go at it with a bit more confidence and be like, oh, this is our, we got a great song. We got some good lyrics. We got some good melodies. Like now we know how to kind of dress it up from a production and instrumentation standpoint. The new song Survive is on that new album. Can you tell us about that song? I've, I, there's a whole lot of details that have been in bios and everything, but I want to hear it from you guys. Yeah, I can take this one. Nils and I were down in Nashville in a writing session. This was pre-COVID, and we started as sort of an acoustic jam, and we just wanted like a really simple concept with a strong lyric and sort of wrote this kind of poem uh, vibe sort of on the idea of, of survival, not in like survival in the woods and all that, but kind of like surviving just like, you know, how we kind of get by, how we live our lives, et cetera. And um, we were writing with some, some, some buddies down in Nashville and kind of had this framework for a song. We kind of put it on hold for a while. And then as we were collecting material and like, the pandemic started to hit, it kind of resonated a little more. And we thought, you know, maybe this is a cool idea to actually flesh out into a proper bigger song. And so we experimented with like a big drop in it and, and, you know, just sort of like needling down those lyrics. And that was kind of how it, how it came. And then, you know, we all, all sort of crafted and, and, and passed it along and polished it into the, the Ruby that it is today. And it's interesting that it started pre-COVID because it definitely has that feeling of we're going to get through this together, which is something that was very common in a lot of songs that came out over the last two years. But it still worked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Timing was perfect. We started working on it. We started like crafting the, the production on it right at the beginning of COVID. Obviously, as James mentioned, it was written before we even knew there was a pandemic. But, you know, obviously it's it's a it's a universal message, right? So yeah. and we made an epic music video for the song as well, which I don't know. Have you seen it? Yes. And I was just going to ask about that and how much you guys were able to participate in, like, the storyboarding or the production of that. Yeah. So the story, the storyboard was something I came up with. We were messing around with all sorts of different ideas. And, you know, we hadn't really done a big music video before. We finally had the budget to do one with our label this time. And you're always like really worried that you're going to spend all this money and then like it's going to come out corny. So, and you're just going to like not be able to use it or something like that. So we were like very nervous about this first big video. And we were playing with tons of ideas. We we're nervous, like, well, what, you know, if we get some actor and like, we filmed the whole thing and the actor isn't good and it's not going to come across well. It was a bit of a struggle to figure out like what to do. And I started talking about it with a, with a friend like on the beach one day. And we started talking about like this, this concept, this narrative of like, okay, we'll get someone, they'll, they'll portray themselves like surviving and getting knocked down. And then we we're like, well, why, why don't we just go out and film people, you know, in reality and just like grab a bunch of footage and grab a bunch of people in their real lives. That way it won't, it'll be like real and, and it won't be like actors and it won't be, you know, whatever. So that was basically the, the idea for the video. We found this guy, 
to a me show and you need a certain type of director to like convince them hey like do you want to go on the road for you know two weeks and go to all these crazy places and stick your camera in people's faces and go find like all these interesting characters like and try to figure out how to like tell their story in you know a couple quick seconds of shots and um you know it's kind of a big ask for somebody it's not like show up and shoot a video for 30 minutes or 45 minutes of a band and he was he was really excited about it so we kind of like built out this roadmap he was like i think we should go you know i think we should like drive down south and capture people there and then i'll meet you up in new york so he basically went on this whole road trip and then we like kind of joined him for some of that and filmed our bits a lot of credit is definitely due to him i mean he did he did an amazing job yeah, I mean, the idea was just to just to capture like the reality of people like living in America in this time and all sorts of different you know walks of life. And you're about to hit the road again. How does that feel? Really exciting. <laughs> A little bit scary because it's been so long that that we've played. I mean, our you know our last tour was pre-COVID, but uh, I mean the new songs are really sounding great in rehearsal. And uh, personally, I'm I'm very excited. It's, uh, we know it's coming, we, you know, so we're going to be as ready as we, as we can be, but it's like, we, we can't really believe that we're going to be playing a show in about a week and there's going to be a crowd of people in front of us once again. So none of these new songs, we haven't played any of these new songs live. Um, they're all written in studios and in apartments and, you know, things like that. So it's cool to put them in the band setting and now go, go play them out for people. The closest you're coming to Madison is going to be Chicago. You're playing the Bottom Lounge on July 25th. Have you guys played Chicago before? We've done a bunch of shows in Chicago. We did, you know, I remember the first time we played there, there were about, we were playing a pretty big venue and there were like 15 people there. <laughs> We'd like gone all the way out there. <laughs> and uh, that's part of the game for sure. And then... Hey, wasn't, like, wasn't the first time we did... We did uh, House of Blues. Was that the oh, first no, Chicago actually, show? Sorry, sorry. That's the first time we played was Law of Blues. And we played House yeah. of Blues, and then we opened for Block Party. We opened for Block Party, House of Blues, and played Law of Blues, and we played for a huge crowd, uh, Block Party's crowd. And then we went there for a headline show and played for like a tiny crowd. And then then we played Lincoln Hall, um, which was an amazing show. And we played the Metro, which is also super fun. And now we're going to the the Bottom Lounge. All over Chicago, hitting all the spots. Hitting all the spots. Chicago's a good good market for us. Where are listeners most likely to connect with you online? Do you have a favorite form of social media? Well, we're, we're generally, um, we're generally terrible, terrible at social media, but we're on Instagram. Uh, so we're, we respond to every fan's messages whenever we get them. And so that's where we usually like to communicate with people the most. If you had to switch places with a bandmate, who would you pick and why? With a bandmate? Yeah. Um, good question oh man i probably wouldn't want to i mean i mean i i, I would like to be able to sing but i just i just can't really so <laughs> nobody else wants to take that one i'd like well, to I was, play i was the drummer initially in the band so i think it'd be fun to uh to, to play drums again but, uh, I, i'm not as good as uh dustin from st lucia we're working with now but if I was, that would be really fun. Yeah. <laughs> James? I think I'd like to play keys or guitar one day. I can't really play, though. So I'd Our have to learn. lessons coming along. <laughs> Good. Good. If you could only have one kind of food catered backstage for the rest of your career, what kind of food would it be? That is a good question. I mean, you know, we, we started with, like, 
you start with the crudite thing. That's like the, the entry level rider. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't get you very far. Now we've graduated to like pizza, which is, you know, normally does the job. I'd probably go like really, really good sushi. It could be a little dangerous. Ooh, green room sushi. <laughs> it depends on how much, what the budget is, you know? Yeah. Pizza. I don't know. What yeah. do you, what, what do you, what's your answer? Cold cuts. Yeah. Good one. Easy. They stave well. Maybe like a different pasta dish every night. Yeah. You want you want something that's gonna fill you up because you need the pre-show meal. You need to get a little energy. Yeah. And then you need the post-show meal. And so sometimes when it's just like some celery back there, it's you know, and then people are drinking and then yeah. you know it doesn't go well. Celery's not known for soaking up beer. Yeah. No. <laughs> no it's 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 a it's a long game out there, you know. It's a it's a marathon. It's not about yeah. just one show. You gotta get, you gotta make it through the whole tour. Yeah. And what has been your favorite live show that you've done so far? Surf Lodge is really fun. Outdoor show. A lot of friends come to that one. Um, Irving Plaza, the last show of our, our, our last tour, was super fun because it was, you know, in front of the hometown crowd and sold out. And by the end of the tour, we were just firing on all cylinders. And that was that was a real triumphant, fun show. I like the I like the LA show last year. You play all these different rooms. So you know some rooms are more kind of theater oriented, and there are these like fancier rooms that have been converted to rock venues. And then some rooms are more like rock clubs. And LA, we played the Echoplex, which was you know like a midsize, six hundred cap ish kind of room, and. It's like everybody's like packed in there. And so like the whole energy of the band and the crowd is just like working really well together. It's really loud, but it still sounds good. It's funny venue to venue. Like sometimes you you really, it's so easy to like connect with people. And and then sometimes you feel like this awkward kind of space between the, the crowd and the and the band. So venue, venue does matter a lot. We're playing Brooklyn Steel this year um, in New York. So we're really excited about that one. Do you have a favorite, James? Yeah, I would say that Bowery Ballroom or Irving Plaza, the hometown New York shows were probably the best two shows just because like, you know, you were done with the tour. All of our friends and family are there. It's our hometown. We're singing songs about New York. Just feels like really good. Yeah, Bowery Ballroom is definitely great. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank Thank you. you. Great to meet you. We're going to check out Survive by VHS Collection right now on The Resistance.